Hello and welcome to the Betches Sup Podcast. I'm Elise Morales. I'm Tammy Fishbein. And for those of you who are just tuning in, the Betches Sup Podcast is your weekly rundown of all the crazy shit that's happened in the news, explained by your two funniest friends, which is us. Yes, it is. This week we're talking about the government shutdown. The lack of the State of the Union. Kamala Harris announced. Very exciting. Giuliani's still crazy. Like crazier than ever. Let's get into it. Betches Media presents. I like beer. I don't know if you do. Okay. Do you like beer, Senator? Uh, my party is going bat crazy. Ah! You're the pop- Alternative facts. Oh, goodness. The Betches Sup Podcast. America! Great. How are you guys liking that intro? I, I love doing the new intro. Me too. Pretending like we just heard it was also awesome mm-hmm. too. Guys, I'm back. Yay! <laughs> She's returned from La Patria. Elise, how was your trip? How was Cuban birthright? Cuban birthright, which is exactly what it was. <laughs> was amazing. Uh, If anyone listening is Cuban-American, I highly recommend the Cuba One Foundation trying to apply with them. They offer free trips to Cuba for Cuban-Americans to go there and connect with people and learn. And connect and learn, I did. (laughs) That's very, very exciting. Guys, tell us if you're interested in Elise recording a bonus episode about her experience and basically about like human american relations i'm sure they talked about yeah we there's i personally learned a lot uh i had there are a lot of things you learn just as an american and especially as a cuban american about what's going on in cuba and some of that was affirmed some of that was challenged i'd love to talk to you guys about it if you guys want to hear about it so let us know if you're interested even if you're not interested Mm -hmm. we're probably going to do it anyway yeah so can i tell you one funny thing that happened in cuba this will be a teaser okay and it has nothing to do with Cuban-American relations. I was at the club. It's called La Fabrica. And, <laughs> and this dude like approached me and it was like, I could tell he was going to hit on me, but he hadn't hit on me yet. So it's like, I couldn't You're be like, I ha- like, tengo novio. Like I couldn't tell him like I had a boyfriend yet. So, um, but he, so he asked me what my, he asked me my age and I very confidently was like, 98 años, which means 98 years old. <laughs> And he was like, what? And I was like, see. And then he was like, what? And then I was like, mm-hmm. And then I just kind of walked away and then like realized later that I fully told him I was 98 years old. Did you not know? I didn't realize. I thought that I had said 28 years That's old. That's so But funny. I just told him that I was 98 and he was like, what? And I was like, I'm 98 years old. And he was like, what? And then I was like, bye. And like, <laughs> Well, you kind of did a good job of like getting deflecting yeah. in a funny way. I, even confu- if he was confused. That's he was confused by what I had said. He was like, what's going on here? And um, that was cool. That's incredible. So I'm going to start doing that in the States. That's a great... If a guy hits yeah. on me, I'm going to be like, I'm 98 years old. You should say it in Spanish too. Yeah, exactly. And he's going to be like, what? You know, I thought for years that you were truly fluent in Spanish. No, 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 no. I no. thought you were. My Spanish is, after this week, so much better than it was before. I'm sure. It, I like, yeah, it like came back a lot. But I also, it's like so messed up and I can like only speak in the present tense. And I probably, like, honestly, I probably sound like a cave person when I'm speaking <laughs> Spanish, but I can convey like ideas. That's good. <laughs> That's all that matters. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's how Rudy Giuliani exactly that's what I'm saying I'm like Trump is president on basically that principle alone so yeah build the wall and crime will fall okay Okay. oh god um before we get into everything yes um we just want to let you guys know we're still holding our build the moat campaign we're not closing it until the government is back yeah Um, so we could be you know raising money forever go to betches.co slash moat 
All of the money goes to Races, which is the biggest um, immigrant advocacy organization charity mm-hmm. in Texas. Yeah, on the border, they put they put money towards like helping families that are trying to get asylum, helping families that are locked up in cages, and um, just generally doing good things for that situation yeah. as much as they can. If so, we keep it open for as long as the shutdown, we could honestly earn enough money to build a moat. Uh, yeah, go to betches.co <laughs> slash moat and check it out. Um, Sammy, what's been getting you through this week in Trump's America? Because it's been quite, I've been only checking in a little yeah. bit and it's been quite a week. Okay, I'm having heart palpitations. But um, <laughs> the, okay, so the, the, before we get into the scary news, I want to share something that is fat, deeply fascinating to me mm-hmm. and um, something that actually a few audience members called to our attention by DMing me about this or DMing this up about this. Mm-hmm. But Crazy. Okay. So this old children's book series Mm -hmm. from the 1800s has recently come to light. I know that's not what you were expecting me to say, (laughs) but it's interesting because it seems like this 1800s children's book series actually predicted Trump's rise. And now people are discovering it and kind of freaked out by how like eerily accurate or similar some of the parallels are between these between this book that was literally written in like 1896 and the present day. So there's this author named Ingersoll Lockwood. He was a political writer in the late 1800s and he wrote three books. They were all about a character named Baron Trump. What? Yeah. Yeah. Spelled with one R, but yeah, the, the titles are the travels and adventures of little Baron Trump and his wonderful dog Bulger. Okay. Well, we all Baron, know that Trump doesn't have a dog. Right. There's a few things that were not yeah, 100%. Yeah, not the same. Yeah. Baron Trump's marvelous underground journey. Okay, and he's afraid of slopes, so he would never go underground. <laughs> <laughs> and the last one is called The Last President. No. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I know. Okay. No. So I'm just going to read the these excerpts from like a Newsweek article about it because I haven't read the book, so I can't like speak from first primary experience but it's creepy so okay the first two books are about this little boy baron trump and this is how there's he's described the little boy who has an unending imagination and a very active brain is bored of the luxurious lifestyle he has grown so accustomed to in a twist of fate trump visits russia to embark on an extraordinary adventure that will shape the rest of his life no. Okay. Yeah. Illustrations from the novel depict Trump dressed in lavish old-fashioned clothing and jewelry as he departs from Castle Trump. Castle Trump and begins a voyage heading to Russia to locate an entrance into alternate dimensions. Okay. Those are the first two books. Uh, there's also like this weird thing where his like Russian master's name is Don, which is just like weird, but I didn't copy and paste that into the album. Okay. Okay. And then the last president, here's the description. The story begins with a scene from a panicked New York City in early November. (gasps) I actually read the first three pages of this book. This is accurate. Describing a state of uproar after the election of an enormously opposed outside (gasps) candidate. The president's hometown of New York City is fearing the collapse of the republic immediately following the transition of presidential power. Some Americans begin forming a resistance, protesting what was seen as a corrupt and unethical election process. And the first few pages of the book are basically like the mob trying like storming fifth avenue which is where trump tower is which is fucking creepy storming fifth avenue to like attack the rich people so like it's like a populist tale oh my god how weird is that this is witchcraft i <laughs> this know this is <laughs> <laughs> like, this is oh 
Right? I'm. You gotta go research it. Okay, and you that can get a PDF crazy. of the last president. I maybe you can get a PDF of the others, but I just look for that one since it's called the last president. And this, who dug this up? Do you I, know? It just started like I people just started finding it. I don't know how it got dug up. Um, he was like a famous writer, this guy, and I guess people started finding it, and there were some articles about it, and people DM'd about it. That's wild. Wild. Truly. Wow. Right. Okay, well, I'm fucked up from that. So <laughs> I know it did fuck me up Dude, like that a little is bit. Shocking, and I am gonna download that PDF. Yeah, like a hundred percent. It's not long. It's only a few pages, like fifty something. Ugh. Okay, it's weird. Oh my god. So that was the most fun you'll have this podcast. Yeah, the rest. Well, we'll start out with something that's interesting, yes. and then we'll move into the chaos. Yes. Okay. So Kamala Harris announced her presidential run yes. on MLK Day. Yes. Very exciting. She's a great candidate. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, she, it was like, she announced it on MLK Day. And then I think also it was like really close to the anniversary of Shirley Chisholm being the first woman to seek the Democratic nomination. So she chose a very auspicious day. Yes. She announced in South Carolina, I believe, which is unorthodox. She wasn't in Iowa or New Hampshire or any of that. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, I I like the, we, we, we uh, Kirsten Gillibrand is in. We've got Elizabeth Warren. I love that we have so many women in. Right. I, I, I like all the candidates. I like their ideas. I don't think any of these women will beat Trump. To be totally honest, I hate to say that. I just don't think they they will pull the people from his base that I need to be pulled. Know. I, don't I don't see them voting for, for them. I which is sad, but I love, I love these people as candidates. I'm, I would love them as leaders of the democratic party. I, I am concerned that they're not going to be the people who can beat him. I'm waiting to see. I want to see them all on the national stage. Like I'm waiting to kind of see, like, I feel, I feel like it's hard to know which candidate can do it until you like really see them like out there in action. Like I really did think that Elizabeth Warren's like opening rallies or whatever were really, really good. I like, agree. Yeah. I, look, when I say I don't think they can beat Trump, this is not me saying like, I don't think they're good enough to beat Trump. Yeah. I think the country isn't good enough to vote for them. And yeah. that's not an insult to them. I think Elizabeth Warren is so smart. I think that the fact that she led this whole like movement of consumer protection pretty much is like so amazing and that is the kind of person i want to be president but i don't know if given this situation that they are like gonna appeal to that middle of the road voter that actually are the ones who unfortunately decide the election for all of us yeah i mean i do think that i feel like messaging wise elizabeth warren's message is like the most like it would appeal to them but i think that because of how politicized she has become it like shuts it, it like kind of shuts the door on maybe people hearing that message. But who knows if when she gets to the national stage and people start hearing about her, it, things change. I mean, obviously, when Donald Trump started running for president, everyone would have been like, there's no way that Donald Trump could beat Hillary Clinton. But it's so yeah, it's but just like the difference between him and these people is that he he basically won because of the number one thing he is best at, which is being a scam artist. Mm hmm. Elizabeth Warren, these are real people. They're not scam artists. They have boundaries about what they'll say and do. And I think what honestly got Trump elected, other than the Russians, was the fact that and why he won the primary was because he did not play by those boundaries. So when you play with someone who doesn't have rules and you have all these other people, the other Republican candidates who kind of like live in the rules, the person with the rules 
loses to the person who will do or say anything. That's yeah. just how it is. I honestly just, for me right now, this is like my primary, this is my 2020 primary ethos right now. So I'm just going to hang back. I'm going to wait to watch these fuckers debate each other, see where the energy is, and just like, yeah, I'm just going to let it. I'm gonna, For now, I'm trying to not get emotionally invested and honestly be like, be like the Zen Buddha of the primary and be like, ah, oh, another person has joined the race. Right. <laughs> and the race is stronger. Hey, <laughs> like, I, I, I just like keep like, I feel like I want, I keep imagining myself like floating above it, just being like, and whoever wins shall win. <laughs> I agree the race is stronger because of, because there are a lot of really qualified people and it is amazing to see that. Again, if anyone follows me on Twitter, they know that I'm personally gunning for Amy Klobuchar, not yes. because I think her ideas are necessarily better or that she's more articulate than like any of these people. I think she's she's up there with them. I think they all would make equally good actual like leaders mm-hmm. of the party. But I do think that she and Sherrod Brown are the only people who can really pull from his base because they're Midwestern, because they have a kind of like a down home vibe that the, that people who would normally say, I'll never vote for a Democrat. I could see those people being like drawn to them because they're just not your typical liberal elite that gets all the yeah, hate. Yeah, but I do think, I don't know that necessarily the person who's going to win has to pull from his base. I think that they also have to make people who, because they make people who didn't vote in 2016 vote again. And there are those Obama-Trump people who would vote for a Democrat or not. Like, I don't know right. that necessarily we need to flip that many people as much as we need to inspire people to actually come to the polls register new voters and get that sort of like grassroots Obama like energy of people being like, I'm really fucking excited for this person. So I'm going to go out to the polls. It's going to be hard to get a a full MAGA person to do anything. I'm not talking about a full MAGA. I'm talking (laughs) about full MAGA. I'm talking about that, that cusp voter in Iowa, Wisconsin, Ohio, Michigan, which are the places where the Russians are, gonna be trying to manipulate the election again and that's another thing i want to say is that the reason that this is like i'm just like not okay we're just gonna get the progressive the most Mm -hmm. inspiring progressive is because it's not just about like that person it's about these other forces in the election the gerrymandering the ballot rigging the the voter the voter suppression laws all these things that i think need to you need to have that middle voter that sort of like regular person who is kind of going to decide the election, that person needs to vote for the Democrat. I feel it's really less important who we like, like personally that much. Yeah, but I also do think like, I, I do feel like it has to be a balance between like someone who's like an electable candidate and someone who actually is inspiring and has energy because that's a thing in the Democratic Party is like Democrats want to be inspired and to like love their person and to be like, this is the, this is our gal. Or I started with lady. Thank you. Like this is, this is them. And they're going to come like, that's why, you know, like Obama, like the hope and change campaign, like that's what Democrats, like I think crave. I know that's what I crave and they want to fall in love. And so I do feel like there has to be that striking of like someone who, yeah, appeals to a wide swath of people, but also still inspires like right. the actual energetic voices of 
the camp of the party. And I think we're, we're going to see soon enough who that is. I really do think Sherrod Brown. Great I, candidate. I really like him. And I, I hesitate to be the one who's like, I'm actually just going to support this like white man or whatever. But like, no, I think I, I've listened to him talk and I, and I really, I, I, his message really resonated with me. Obviously I've loved Kirsten Gillibrand for a long time as well, but there was really just some, there was an authenticity in the way that he talked I feel I that way really about, enjoyed a lot. I feel that way about him and Amy Klobuchar. Yeah. And the reason I think is because they are just these sort of like average American, all American people that I, and I think that people will fall in love with them. The way you feel about Sherrod Brown now yeah. is really good for someone who like, how much exposure have you really had to him? How yeah. much have, have you ever seen him give like a real speech? Like, no, I, I mean, I've just heard him talk on like podcasts and stuff and it's just, I, I don't like know. Him a lot just, too. I just think it's really interesting, but and every time I see Amy Klobuchar on TV, I just smile and I melt. And I, I think she's like adorable. But who knows? You know, what, what I'll say about Kamala Harris is like she really shines in like those hearings and yeah. like debates and stuff like that. Like she might win a lot of people over she's you know, a, on that she's stage because obviously like her her background as a prosecutor, which like some people have problems with. But like um, but she yeah. like. They're being she, too picky. She like shines in those. Like I honestly would love to see her debate Donald Trump. Same. I, 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 mean, I would love to see that. I don't know if that would lead to him winning, but I would certainly love to watch it happen. I agree. But I, and I, I don't want to give too much time to this because we have so much to talk yeah. about. And I also just don't want to give it like a I know. conversation. They're already birthering her. So like, yeah 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 because like, i know like, her but mom is from jamaica like all this shit so like that kind of thing like i'm just like oh like as much as like i really like her and i want to watch her and all these things i get so frustrated when i'm like you know what like it's just like the forces that we can't control are like so stacked against her just because I of know, who she but, is i know but it's like we can't for me it's like you can still overcome those forces like Obama overcame them. And it's like if you're if you like give way to them, then it's like what black woman candidate could get through. They're going to birth her any they're going to birth her any one of them like they're any like Stacey scene, Abrams. Like they would birth her immediately. I don't or or whatever, whatever the equivalent is of it. Like the people who are like racist and don't want and like they're going to find a way to like inject some crazy weird racist ass shit into every campaign I mean every single woman who comes out the first question is is she likable like unfortunately candidates minority candidates are going to face these things and we have to find like ways around them not just be like oh we, we can't deal with like we don't want to put that candidate forward because they have to deal with that i i agree but at the same time the most important thing is winning in this situation because know, literally our democracy is at stake i just so want to win do need to just put up the person who like whatever the reason if it's a democrat demographic bullshit if it's like if it's just they're likable you gotta just you gotta just for practical purposes because this is literally our democracy at stake and we'll get into why in a few a second you gotta just say you know what just because i like elizabeth warren and no one else does that just just because the fact that people don't find her likable she can't be the candidate like if the most progressive people on twitter are arguing about her likability it's just like pure realism she can't be she i can't be it I think we you have know? to, I feel like we can't say yet. I feel like we got to. Yeah, we, we'll see. But yeah, like, I so feel we, like we can't. I feel like every single one has a shot at it. There are people I think have more or less of a shot. But as of right now, like I'm just like, it's an open field. And anybody who 
captures the energy and the heart of the party, I think is the way we should go. I don't think that it should be a Hillary versus Bernie situation where there's clearly all this energy in one direction and it just gets like tamped down because of the candidate that's like considered to be more viable. I, Not I don't that think I they think thought she was more viable. I actually think people knew that Bernie was more viable, but all the money and the like and the the power like in her the party turn or whatever was behind her. Yeah, but also I felt like they just didn't know what to do with him and they didn't know like I feel like we can't just like step on progressive been, energy. But I don't know if he necessarily I don't but the I don't difference is that with him it was him and then um and then Hillary who like yeah. really didn't have any energy. But let's say you have like a few progressives like, yeah. with energy you got to give it to the one who's going to be the most likely to win yes that's I mean, really that's, it yeah you know so okay. i'm looking whatever we're gonna yeah. watch it we're gonna see what happens i'm sure we'll have thoughts along the way yeah and there's so much to talk about right now this the government is still shut down the government it's, is still shut it's down literally, it's been 34 days the worker workers are about to miss a second paycheck it's really started to take a toll on me emotionally and freak me out because i'm uh, in the beginning, I was like, oh, this will be a few days. Like, well, mm. the government's coming back. Now I'm sort of like, where the fuck is the government? Is it ever coming back? And yeah. not only is it ever coming back, is it will, I hope. Is it going to come back the same way? Flying was very nerve-wracking, knowing that, like, these right. people are working for no pay. I said thank you to them when yeah. I flew. I oh, was yeah. like, yeah. yeah. I was like, I was thank like, you for coming thanks, to work. And thanks I felt so much. bad. Like, it just, it, but it's also scary because you're like, yeah. like literally the air traffic controllers union, the pilots union and the flight attendant union, like they released a joint statement yesterday being like, we have no way of knowing how much damage this is doing to our system. And we do not know the point at which like, yeah, it will break. And it ju they just say it will break. And I'm like, what does that mean? Does it mean yeah. all the flights are grounded? Does it mean a fucking plane crashes? I think, like, a, I mean, a lot of people are coming out from the FBI saying that FBI operations can't really continue. Even 90 Day Fiance, they can't produce the show because no one's issuing the K-1 visa. Like, <laughs> I know that that's not the biggest casualty, but like things like that, like, like these that's things insane. are kind of happening behind the scenes. And I mean, I've been listening to Sarah Kenzier's podcast, Gaslit mm -hmm. Nation. She's been doing episodes during the shutdown. And she basically says that that the reason that they're doing this on purpose because they want to get rid of these government workers because they want smaller government. They don't think that these jobs are necessary and they want these things to go away permanently. And that's why they don't even give a shit. There's, she basically, her theory is like, it's not a shutdown. It is a restructuring, a hostile restructuring so that there is a smaller government and they don't give a shit. They don't, they want it to be like this. I, I mean, I don't think, yeah, I don't think that, any so of them can, give a single shit about people's paychecks. I do think they're still drilling for oil. They're still doing they're still doing things that they want to do, like offshore drilling. They still are choosing. Now, the difference is that Trump gets to choose what he wants to continue. I honestly think this is going to go on until people start striking and like it gets I think it's going to get really intense. I think if you grounded all air travel in the United States because of the shutdown, a that something would happen like if literally every if the if, if that's scary because I know. what if what if he still does not negotiate i know i mean i, mean, I know it's really scary it's getting to it we're getting to a brinksmanship level where it's like okay what the fuck is gonna happen yeah like what is he how far is he willing to take it we know based on his history of being a complete fucking maniac that like this he is how he's is done every 
negotiation for everything. And the thing is, like, he is willing to, like, like you think, initially you think, like, okay, but once he starts seeing harm to himself, he's going to stop. But no, he, Donald Trump is all about winning on a level where, like, he will actually harm himself in the long run to win in the short run. He will keep this. I, I honestly believe he would keep the shutdown going through 2020, even if it was like 100 percent of Americans were going to vote against him in the 2020 election. Yeah, he would keep it going just because he like has to win. His approval rating is the lowest ever. It's at 34 percent. 60 percent of people are blaming him for the shutdown and 30 30% of Republicans say he is very responsible for the shutdown. 73% say he is at least partially responsible. And he himself said, I own the shutdown. Yes. So he is responsible for the shutdown. There are now Republicans calling for the shutdown to end. Republican Senator Cory Gardner from Colorado is calling for the government to open without $5 billion for the wall. Even John Kelly... Yeah, said that the shutdown needs to end. He was the secret. He was the chief of staff when this all this shit. Yeah, all he signed a letter with like all the other people being like, "You guys need to uh, reopen the Department of Homeland Security. This is fucking crazy." Yeah, it's deeply dangerous. Um, there are so there are two bill two votes that are happening today, both expected to fail. There's a Republican bill which is five point seven billion for the wall in exchange for three years of protection for DACA kids. Can I just talk about yeah. this deal for a for a second because yeah. it's not a deal. Yeah. First of all, so it's. Basically, Trump is trying to say that he made an offer to the Democrats, which is that he gets exactly what he asked for originally. And then he agrees to protect the DACA kids, which the DACA kids are actually already protected because of the courts right now. And he's only doing it for three years. So like this is like a vulgar metaphor, but it's basically like your boyfriend being like, I want to open up the relationship. And you're like, no. And he's like, "Okay." counter offer we open the relationship but i agree to use a condom the first three times <laughs> like, it's like this is not a no. deal at all and like it's not gonna pass it's not a deal it's a deal that trump negotiated with jared kushner <laughs> yeah it's like okay it's not a negotiation if it's like you're just your side talking like that's it's an offer that's what you call an offer yeah which exactly no one counter but mitch mcconnell just wants to pretend that he's passing something yeah. mitch mcconnell oh i fucking hate him mitch McConnell is the one that we really need to be pressuring because he could call a vote and Mr. McConnell is owned. He is owned by I don't know. I don't want to say it. But it would he be. also has vulnerable senators that are up in 2020. Yeah. And if shit starts looking bad for him, he Mitch McConnell is out for number one. He does not want to lose the Senate. I mean, even the wall. Forty nine percent of Americans oppose the wall. Thirty six percent of the nation is in favor of a wall. That is like a third of the country holding mm -hmm. two thirds of the country hostage. And OK, so they're going to vote today on these two bills. The Democratic bill is to fund the government at current levels until February 8th. And we can do this all again, I guess. But at least I think they might get back pay the workers. Um, but yeah, so I don't yeah. see where this is going. That's what I, I don't have to say. I, I really think it, this is going to be pushed to a level. I Who knows well, how this is going to Nancy Pelosi has, here we go. Now we're going to talk about the State of the Union situation. Nancy Pelosi recognizes that nothing means more to Donald Trump than being in, on primetime TV in front of as many people as possible. So she's trying to use the State of the Union as like both a carrot and a stick um, to basically yeah. get him to open the government. She, he wrote her a letter where he called out her previous letter saying that her security precaution excuse was bullshit. He yeah. said he spoke to Secret Service and Homeland Security officials and that he says, I'm coming to do the State of the Union. She replies, no, you're not invited. I have to invite you. You can't come. Yeah. And he basically was like, okay. 
Yeah. Well, at first he's like, uh, well, I'm going to actually look for other venues, uh, which is like so funny. It's going to be at Mar-a-Lago. Yeah, exactly. Like actually, uh, actually, uh, there's a rainforest cafe in Nashville that uh, I, I think would be really cafe. fun. <laughs> I think it'd be really cool to do it there. Um, and then I'm going to burn the whole rainforest down. Yeah, exactly. It'll be really funny. Uh, but that I, if there's anything that Trump actually does understand, it's like optics and media stuff. And he knew that he was, he would look like, complete dumbass doing it like anywhere else anywhere else like he would be completely diminished and like pathetic so So, but i mean it is he says the state of the union has been canceled by nancy pelosi because she doesn't want to hear the truth she doesn't want the american public to hear what's going on and she's afraid of the truth okay donald okay um yeah but i did think it was a baller move for her to be like actually because he doesn't fucking know anything no he doesn't know that he has to be invited by the speaker of the house to address congress he has no No. idea did i know that before two days ago no but i'm not the president so (laughs) apparently there was like a west wing plot about that oh i posted i posted someone submitted the video or someone posted the video on instagram and then dm interesting and i have seen west wing so i must have forgot go back and watch that Honestly, I tried and I got so like depressed. It made me depressed for like a government that like was functional and like I just couldn't. I couldn't do it. Also, I'm mad at Aaron Sorkin right now. He's like running his mouth. He's always running his mouth. (laughs) Okay. Well, as are his characters. Very chatty. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Let's talk about um, Michael Cohen. And then we'll go to the... We'll just talk about Russia. Okay. okay. Michael Cohen was supposed to testify on February 7th. I had it in my fucking calendar. Ready. Brian sent the invite. Ready to watch. Really upset. Because now Michael Cohen said he is postponing mm-hmm. his testimony. He's like, actually, I have a thing. <laughs> no, he's like, actually, I've received threats against my family. Um, the other day, the Daily Mail posted photos of him walking around with like his arm in a sling and like a pillow covering it. I don't know. I could see that being like, have you, there's like a famous episode of the Brady Bunch where the lady pretends to be hit by a car. It, I don't think he was pretending. Oh, I, I, feel I like could they see him being like, oh, him. I think he, well, I, I believe s- they threatened him. I believe they threatened him, but I could also see him putting, I believe they threatened him and I believe that he also put his arm in a fake sling and was like, oh, maybe, maybe. I'm Michael Cohen. Yeah. Well, he's going to jail in March, so he better testify before he goes. Yeah. Otherwise, they're going to have to give him one of those like day dispensations like they did in The Sopranos to like yeah. Johnny Sack when he wanted <laughs> to go to his, his daughter's wedding. Yeah. Like this seems like a way more important one. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure that they would arrange to have him. I hope come testify. Okay. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, didn't Trump fully threaten, like say like some inf- interesting information is going to come out about his father-in-law or something. And then Janine like, what's his father-in-law's name? He's like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So like, I mean, obviously that is true. He said he'll testify when he gets guaranteed protection for him, for his family, which like, I'll give them that. Like, yeah, yeah. what is, what did they do? Are we like, it's like, done yeah like can like, we get that going right. yeah well the fbi shut down so i don't know um okay now let's go into the more about the russia update um there's been so many crazy things in the past week yeah um last week buzzfeed published a really crazy article where they said that they have two law enforcement sources who said that trump directed cohen to lie to congress meaning he would be indicted for suborning perjury which basically means just telling someone to lie to congress um they also said that their story is corroborated by internal texts, emails, and communications from the Trump organization, um, to which the Mueller's office responded the following. Very out of character. BuzzFeed's description of specific statements to the special counsel's office and characterization of documents and testimony obtained by this office regarding Michael Cohen's congressional testimony are not accurate. 
Then BuzzFeed editor Ben Smith came out saying that they stand by their reporting. And he said, we spoke to, as we described in this story, two federal law enforcement officials involved in the investigation. We're not playing any games with that characterization. Who told us that the president directed Michael Cohen to lie to Congress. We really urge the special counsel to make clear what he is disputing. Um, I heard a theory that people think that BuzzFeed's source is the Southern District of New York. That sounds completely reasonable because they're also investigating all of this stuff and they also have a fuckload of information and they're so BuzzFeed's being villainized by the right but like I honestly I think they will be vindicated much like Hillary Clinton will be vindicated by history people will say they are the ones who stood up to it they knew what they were doing they reported the dossier I mean they've reported so much it's crazy. Yeah. I will. I am a big BuzzFeed defender. I believe in what they're doing. I think that, honestly, I think that the media as a whole has dropped the ball in a lot of places. I think they have yeah. unintentionally aided in Trump's rise, in his election, yeah. in his continuing to be in power by just focusing on the wrong things and being afraid to publish things. Um, and I think that BuzzFeed as a millennial business yeah. has stood in contrast to that. Um, yeah, it's crazy to think that BuzzFeed would be they, like, like our Woodward and Bernstein is like the quiz Buzzfeed. website. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like the website where I go to find like roundups of like cheap stuff to get on Amazon. Also, and what is kind like, of peanut butter I am? Yeah, has like the most in depth reporting that might bring down the president. Like it's crazy. Yeah. Then, like a day later, they publish a piece describing the details of the plan to build Trump Tower. And, like, this is very, very detailed. They had literal renderings of what it would look like, descriptions. The, the, it was broken up down to the revenue model, the percentage of sales that Trump was going to get on the condos yeah. in Russia 5% up to 100 million, 4% up to 250 million, 3% up to 500 million. That sounds pretty fucking concrete. Yeah. Like, you don't know. Like, it's not like when you're like, oh, you should collaborate on something. No. Yeah. They had, like, the terms. Yeah. It's not just, like, an email that's like, we should set up coffee. It's, like, literally contracts are being written. Many people were consulted. Yeah. Oh, and then uh, there's a $50 million penthouse to Putin. And an Ivanka Trump spa. I'm going to the spa, daddy. The Ivanka Trump spa. I'm just going to get a massage. (laughs) Oh, God. If I can hear. Okay. Um. Rudy Giuliani then went on TV to dispute this. Yes. So I have not watched the clips of Giuliani yet because obviously I was in Cuba and in Cuba you have to pay for, you have to go to a place that has these internet cards and then you pay for an hour of internet and then you go to a Wi-Fi park and you put in the code when you're at the Wi-Fi park and that's how you can get on the internet. Sounds like a lot of work. So I would just check in like every day and I was like, oh, BuzzFeed has this. Oh, the government's still shut down. Oh, Rudy Giuliani said this. Oh, this MAGA teenager is yelling at a Native American man. Can't like, talk uh, about that. I know. We can't even get into that. And I would like literally every day I would check in and I was just like, okay, okay. I didn't like, it was crazy. Yeah. I mean, it's insane. Rudy Giuliani, you know, consider yourself lucky you didn't watch it. It's kind of like a bird box sitch. Cover yeah. your eyes. Um, <laughs> otherwise, you go insane. Basically, he admitted, he admitted that that talks about the Moscow Trump Tower that BuzzFeed was publishing the plans for was going that the talks went through the election. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was like, he just kind of slipped that in. Yeah. Yeah. He keeps, um, 
He keeps then, really fucking up. And then he gave an interview to the New Yorker. It seems like there's some senility happening in this whole yeah. team. He basically said he knows that Trump didn't direct Michael Cohen to lie because he listened to the tapes. Then the New Yorker guy was like, wait, what tapes? He's like, no, there are no tapes. Then he was like, but you just said there were tapes. He's like, there are some tapes, but not of that. So there are probably tapes. <laughs> yeah. Y- yeah. <laughs> and then he said, and this is truly gold. I'm afraid it will be on my gravestone. Rudy Giuliani, he lied for Trump. Somehow, I don't think that will be it. But if it is, what do I care? I'll be dead. I figure I can explain it to St. Peter. He will be on my side because I am so far. I don't think as a lawyer, I ever said anything that's untruthful. I have a sense of ethics that is as high as anybody you can imagine. And I believe Trump has been treated horribly. He's been hanging out with Donald Trump too much. Yeah. No, it makes no sense. I mean, imagine... It is crazy that like Rudy Giuliani could have gone down as like the, the guy 9/11 who saved mayor. New York after 9-11. Yeah. And, and instead, instead he did this. he's going to go down. Like it is going to be Rudy Giuliani. He Rudy lied Giuliani for Trump. Rudy Giuliani was my graduation speaker. <gasps> I know. Really? Yeah. I know. Wow. I forgot. And when it was happening, I was like, this is great. Because yeah. like I had nothing against him at the time. Everybody liked him. Yep. Everybody was like, oh, I can't believe he's saying this. He, I'm afraid it'll be on my gravestone, but I don't think it will be. But if it is, I don't care. And I'm right. And I have ethics. That is. But apparently Donald is mad and he's like pulling him back from these appearances because he can't. If he if anyone's going to sow confusion with nonsensical quotes, it's going it, to be him. Yeah. It, it, I mean, if if Trump's like, hey, man, you're not making sense out there. That's like a pretty bad sign. You're really not making sense. OK, so we get to one more thing. Yes. Um, I wish we could talk about Covington Catholic like on a slower week maybe but like, yeah yeah there was just so much it gives much. me like deep fuck them all it gives me so much pain they're disgusting whatever but we'll on a Ugh. on a slower week maybe we'll give some time to these gross gross boys yeah uh, but one more thing uh, and this is also gross yeah. and sad yeah. uh, the Supreme Court uh, voted to upheld the Trump administration's ban on transgender troops serving in the military they voted five to four to not hear the case from the Court of Appeals so that basically was it's like let's the lower court ruling stand the lower court had said the ban yeah. was okay. Um, but they, just to be clear, they did not actually rule on the legality of the ban. But yeah. it is in effect because of that. Because they haven't taken it up. So it's just like, I mean, first of all, the first thing that we need to remember is that transgender people are already serving in the military. Yeah. So now it's like we just lose those Military troops. talent. I just don't understand why you would ever like want to turn someone, like a physically able person... They away. would say because the Lord hates gays. Yeah. I mean, it's just. I agree. I mean, yeah, it's it's ridiculous to me, but they have their like weird hang ups and this is one of them. Yeah. And they just can't. They can't take it. It just sucks because like, I mean, it sucks for a lot of reasons, but trans people have a hard enough time like finding a job and stuff like that. Like if trans people are allowed to serve in the military and that was something that they wanted to do, that's a really stable, lifelong career that you could get into when a lot of trans people don't have the opportunity to have stable, lifelong careers because it is legal to fire people for being gay in so many places and because of discrimination. It's and not really. Yeah, it is. Is you, it? You, yeah, it is legal to fire people for being gay in many states. But I thought, like, nationally it's not. 
No, that's that's like a whole big thing. Like it's not covered under like protections. What? Yeah. I did. You can fire people for being gay still. Okay. Well, that's something we should do something about. Yeah. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> I, did, I didn't realize that. That's yeah. I thought it was federally like illegal. No. Isn't doesn't that fall under like sex, gender? No, they, because I think so. I think like. I, honestly, I would have to like look up more. I think the Obama administration had federal guidelines being like you can't do it in federal positions, but the Trump administration. So it's like it was all like guidelines and shit. Oh, it wasn't like. But codified. it doesn't fall under apparently like they, they've decided it doesn't fall under sex and gender. We should talk we should more do about a bonus it. episode. About yeah, that. I would love to get someone in here to who like knows about that specifically to talk about it. Yeah. Let us know if you guys are interested. I'm um, sure you are. Yeah, because there are definitely states where it's still legal. So it's like it sucks to take away like a stable position from people who also want to serve. It, and it's also just like and it helps everyone and it helps everyone like people who want to serve should be able to serve. Yeah, it's, it's also ridiculous. like it's just like it's just ridiculous and terrible. Yeah, like, we're going to talk more about that. All right. OK, my one more thing is that the Greenland ice sheet is melting faster than anticipated. Amazing. Um, it is expediting rising sea levels. And if you are worried that if you're kind of thinking how this doesn't matter. Um, current productions say that if the planet warms by two degrees Celsius over pre-industrial times, which is happening, average sea levels will rise by more than two feet and that will displace 32 million to 80 million people on the coast. So Great. if you live in Long Island, Manhattan, Miami, where else are the whole coast, coast. any coast. coast, any coast anywhere, you're going to be affected by this and your property, your house, whatever it is, will be destroyed. Hurricanes will get worse because storm surge will be worse. This is going to affect us in a deep way. Yeah. So this is really scary. There's not much that can be done about it because our leadership does not believe in climate yeah. change, doesn't believe in doing anything to cap carbon emissions. Nope. So just like enjoy your next 10 to 20 years. Go have a party. <laughs> enjoy. Eat the cake. All right, guys. Until the end of democracy, I'm Elise Morales. I'm Sammy Fishbine. And this is the Betches Sup Podcast. Goodbye. Betches.